With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. And that's why when you see the arguments on Instagram, everybody's <laughs> mad. But it's like, you don't need to be mad. You need to be, you need to understand what you offer and what you can bring. And it's okay if you don't know or if what you bring isn't a lot. Know who you're with and that might be enough for them. Do you yeah. guys have a clear answer to that question? Like, what do you bring? Um, to a relationship? If you're a podcast listener, you already know. There's a whole lot of discussions about what people don't do in relationships, what they need to be doing, and insight on what romantic partners truly want from each other. The first one is fine, mm. right? You, you have to look good. Yeah. Second one, you have to be fit. Mm. Men want a woman who's fit. Uh, a third thing is that, especially if he wants to have kids, you have to be fertile. Yeah. You know, if he wants to have kids, he wants, you know, he wants to feel like he can have children with you. And then feminine. Like I said, I think if uh, most guys want a woman, if he's a, a dance partner who's a willing, full, eager participant. And then um, the, the last thing I would also add is friendliness. Interesting. And I get it. Everybody is entitled to their standards, but I think it's even better to one, be aware of which standards are based on what we actually need in order to have a quality, long-term, fruitful, romantic partnership versus which standards are based on discriminatory, outdated beliefs that actually hurt not just other people's chances, but our own chances of forming healthy partnerships. Second, yes, you're entitled to your standards, but then also acknowledge people are entitled to have standards when it comes to you. So what standards can people hold you to? In short, what exactly are you bringing to the romantic relationship table? And furthermore, what are you admitting that you simply can't or will not be carrying? Now, I'm discussing this in a hilarious and honest conversation with the ladies of Cocktails. Plus, we share why we disagree with this viral bit of advice from Matthew Hussey. Make a list of the things that are truly important for you to find in a partner and then be that list. I think that's a recipe to be alone. Let's get it. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I said, hi, lovers and friends. Let's get into one of the most triggering conversations in the intimacy world: standards. What are your standards, and what standards can people have for you? And this conversation can be triggering on both ends. When you start talking to people about their standards and questioning if they are valid, helpful, applicable, or useful people get very uptight. Are you trying to tell them that they deserve less? Are you trying to ask them to settle? And on the flip side, if you ask people what they're bringing to a relationship, they also get equally as emotionally triggered. And I think a big part of that is because we have zero fucking idea how to answer that question. You said, what are you bringing to the table? Men are tired. I'm not bringing nothing to the table, baby. Sprinkle, sprinkle. If you want a woman to bring something to the table, go to IHOP. Go to the restaurant where you can tip her, baby. Sprinkle, sprinkle. Because if I bring something to the table, you're going to be mad because it's going to be another man. I bring my heart. A lot of self-reflection and willingness to grow. I have the ability to give unconditional love and the ability to heal core beliefs. I bring a sense of home and stability. I find myself to be a very emotional, stable person. I bring uh, honesty. I bring a good attitude. When honey is not giving, you know, the best, I come in with the vibe. So here is a list of things that people traditionally are looking for out of a romantic partner. Agreeableness, being somebody who's easy to get along with. Emotional stability, securely attached individuals. A high novelty seeking person, meaning that you like to do new things and you're really good at planning and creating spontaneous interactions. Somebody who is supportive and happy for the good news of others. Intelligent, physically attractive. Someone who is great at taking responsibility for themselves. Someone who is unlikely to withdraw. 
somebody who has similar interests to the romantic partner that they're trying to go after, someone with similar values, somebody who understands how to speak love languages, somebody who has good life skills, cooking, cleaning, budgeting, building, etc. Like they just know how to make the flow flow. Somebody who would make for a good parent, somebody who prioritizes good sex, somebody who has financial means, who's financially well off. Are you charming and humorous? Are you a trustworthy person? Are you faithful? Do you have strong leadership skills? Are you able to bring an idea from point A to point B in a pleasant way, which everyone feels like they want in the end? Do you know how to follow follow directions? Um, or are you really good at allowing other people to take the lead? Also an important skill. Are you very ambitious? Are you an independent thinker? Are you compatible with other people's friends and family? Are you the glue that usually holds a room together? Do you have excellent conflict resolution skills? Do you have great relationships with others? Thus meaning, do you have a strong network of support? Do you have a large network around you so that your romantic partners aren't filling up the roles of 30 people? So of those five, which are you like, this is what you can rely on me for. Here is where I shine. And this is where things can get even more interesting. After you identify that, you then go over that list again. And of course, this is just a suggested list. Add things as they didn't come up um, or add things as you're in conversations with others about what they're looking for that you think you should kind of add to the repertoire. Skills of interest, anything that is not necessarily one of your top five strengths that you bring, but you know within the right partnership you're willing to work on. So that's what I would love for you guys to do. Think about this in a practical way. I hope that you have fun doing it because I definitely had some fun having this conversation. And as many of you know, I am married and I'm not looking for a romantic partner right now. But as I said on a previous episode, I am on the pursuit of looking for friends right now. And in order to do that, I have to get clear around what I'm willing to bring to the table for those dynamics and what I'm not willing to bring. So I'm doing this exercise too. All right, are you ready to go deeper on this conversation with two incredible, delectable women? Kiki Said So and Medina Monroe are the hosts of Cocktails, Dirty Discussions. With over 2 million YouTube views and sold out tours around the country, they have solidified themselves as the go-to podcast for raw, unfiltered dating advice, like really raw, very unfiltered, plus incredible sex stories, hence the name cocktails, the guarantee to make you feel some kind of way. Laugh, cry, cringe, get horny, of course. Actually, as a bonus, at the very end of this episode, Kiki shares one of her ho-trip cocktails with us. So stick around for that, plus their interview right after this. I was a guest on Cocktails, a wonderful conversation. Mm -hmm. And you started talking about your last relationship, which I don't know if you call it that, Mm -hmm. your last financial ship (laughs) oh that's a new one financial ship i don't want to sound it's so interesting because i don't want to let's not call it a financial ship because then it'll sound like i'm one of the city girls and i was just like looking to use somebody for their money which that was not what i intended for it to be it just was i met someone who could help me (laughs) it was a it was a relationship let's call it that because it started off as I really like you. I like spending time with you. I wasn't dealing with anybody else. So it just made sense for this to continue what it was. And he helped out a lot. Like I was in need. I needed like a, a, he was my little scholarship. (laughs) (laughs) I will call it scholarship. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so it was like this situation where it was like, I didn't really have to learn about myself a lot. I didn't have to unpack anything. It was just, we understood what this situation was. It was a little controlling, but Okay, break it down. So how did you meet? Like I met him on what was supposed to be a hoe trip <laughs> with one of my friends. Like, and it was like she was I was like, but I'm not gonna be like one of the hoes this trip. She was like, okay, cool. It's just gonna be fun. It was a bunch of girls getting together with guys. Is a hoe trip when it's like bring a bunch of your friends? I'm a basketball player. Yes. yes. You know what's that, up. But you have to bring the right friends. You can't you you can't bring the friend that's gonna be like, and I'm not drinking, and I don't don't be. It's just there's rules to it. You got to bring the fun girls. That's the thing. It's like I I think of like financially focused relationships as like that is just as valid to bond with somebody over any other mm-hmm. like mutual priority. Mm-hmm. So we come together whether we're like we want sex or we want children or 
we want a dynamic where you get the joy of providing, mm-hmm. which seems manipulated, but some people genuinely like get it. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's weird because it seems like people get off on it until you really need them. It's almost like, like I'm saying, like he would just send me stuff and he would kind of just show up in ways and I didn't have to ask. But I've noticed sometimes where when people behave like that and then you really ask for something that you really do need, it's a different beat to that drum. Oh, give me an example. Like what? So it's like a lot of the things that he would provide, it would be stuff like, you know, go to the spa and it'd be a really nice spa or material things that I'm not a bad girl. I'm not a shoe girl. I'm not even really a name brand girl. I like some of the stuff, but that's never been what leads me with any type of gift. I like them. I'm not saying I don't like them, (laughs) but you know, to be clear, there are just some people where it's like, they already know the girls be like, we going here. We go. I don't know if you take me on a shopping spree, I'm not really going to go into the stores and know what to get. There were things that I needed as far as like advancing my career that I would appreciate more. But when those things were requested, it was kind of like, I'm not like a, I'm not a, a a bank or I'm not, you know what I mean? It was like, when I really need something, you don't want to provide that. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Am I a prostitute? And I don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Like (laughs) It was, um, yeah, it was interesting. But like, why not know it? Like, why not be like, there's an exchange happening. I want what you are providing, what you're asking for. I can give you, even if it's like, I wouldn't choose you, but I would choose you based on the fact that you're giving something back to me that I desire. Mm-hmm. But it, when I thought about it in a way of like, we, this is like a, you do this and I do this. When I thought about it too deep, it did make me feel good. Mm. So I back up. What was your guys like value system around relationships and money growing up? Like, what did you see or what did you think you wanted for yourself? Um, I definitely think that I wanted to be in a relationship where my husband was the main provider. That's what I saw in um, my grandparents and my parents. Like my actual parents were not married, but I grew up with my mom and my stepfather and he provided for us. At one point they both worked, but after a while he told her, you know, you don't have to work anymore, I got it. And he worked really hard to take care of all of us. And that was something that my mom taught me. And she was like, you know, if you're going to be married and you're going to be with this other person, you you need to be with somebody who's willing to provide and take care of you and your children if you have them. So that's what I was taught. And that's kind of what I expected for a long time for somebody to want to take care of me. But I think as I've that, got. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. But how did that show up in like the kind of dad your dad was able to be? Um, so he wasn't, he missed a lot of stuff, um, because he was, he was working or he would be asleep. Like I remember there was a long period where he worked for the same company for a long time. And at one point he was like on like the second shift or the overnight shift or something. So during those times he would be available during the day, but I noticed he was tired. And then with my actual father, that was strictly a financial thing for a very long time and I had a conversation with him about it and I was like, you know, you taught me, not directly, but based on our relationship, you taught me that as long as um, you're thinking about me and stuff, you'll send me money, you'll send me gifts and that's what I should expect from you and that's how you show love. It's never time, it's not you being there. I can spend time with your sisters or your mother and you feel like that's the same as me spending time with you but you're never really checking in on me. It's like, okay, Kira's sad, I'm gonna send her some money or if I needed something, we would never really talk about stuff that was going on in my life. It was just, what do you need? I'll send you the money or I'll send your mom the money so that you can have it. So with him, it was more just about the money. And then with my stepdad, I saw somebody who was taking care of us, yes, but he seemed tired. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be with somebody where, I would love for you to tell me I don't have to do something, but I do want to do things so that I can take some of the burden off of you and it'd be more of a partnership. That's what I think I want now. I'm not afraid to work. Um, sometimes I even enjoy working and I want to have something that's a little bit more balanced so that we can spend time together because the time was missing in a lot of the relationship that I saw growing up, it would be like us with one parent, not always both. And when it was both, it was just like holidays and not enough time. And I wish we had that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, my parents married, I think for 38 years, 39 years, still together. And my dad and my mom was both very present in my life. But growing up, I remember feeling like we had a great childhood. My parents are very great. I don't want it to sound like, you know, they're not, but like there were definitely things that 
my mom did so much, like so much in the house. Like she was always, never complained though. I will say my mom was never complaining and she was always like just doing everything. I never saw the, you don't have to work. You, if you, my dad never said that to my mom. That was not, I don't even know if my dad, he would never say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you working. And, and he like that, I remember feeling like, I wanted that every I feel like a lot of women are like you look at the, the old fashioned women and you don't think about what maybe they endured. But you look at how like you didn't have to work and <laughs> <laughs> you just were doing what you need to do. But motherhood and wifing, I bet that's a whole job in itself. But then you saw your mom working, but then mm -hmm. doing all the work at home. Everything. My and dad that didn't look ideal. No, not at all. It just, it didn't, I didn't see, not that my dad didn't do anything because he did things to contribute. But in my eyes, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't a fair partnership. It's not, ha now at this point, what are we doing together? Because it doesn't seem like anybody's happy. Mm -hmm. well, like I, I didn't really see my parents be affectionate with each other, like flirt. Or maybe my dad smacked my mom on the butt or even just kiss. Like, so it made me think mm -hmm. like if things are not fair in a relationship and we aren't trying to be, I don't want to say equal because I don't think it's going to be equal, but somebody is going to feel burdened and there's no romance. And I am a hopeless romantic. I need that romance or we going to have issues. And so I just remember <laughs> feeling like I should have been thinking about finances and working, but I was thinking about where is the love? Yeah. <laughs> but then it's a, the love is often tied to the finances. Yeah. I mean, my mom was definitely, I feel like after my stepdad told her she could quit, that probably turned her on more. They were very affectionate. And sometimes it would make us uncomfortable. We'd be like, y'all relax. We're still here. <laughs> I mean, we were older, but it's just like, Y'all are flirting a lot. Hello, this is not a date. This is a family vacation, and we're still at the table. So I could definitely tell there was still a lot of attraction and they like that. But that man was sleepy. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember he got in a wreck on the way home one time because he fell asleep in the neighborhood, like a block over. Mm -hmm. It was a tired man. Whew. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's like all these conversations that happen online, and there's this debate that you know women's expectations of having a partner who financially provides for everything but also is emotionally available and also physically present is unrealistic. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. There's only so much time in a day and everybody does need some sort of rest, even if it's not enough. So it's like when somebody is carrying all the, the responsibilities of everything and you get to not have them, they're going to be tired. You're going to miss some things. I think that it's important. I've been having this conversation so often because family life in, in putting combining lives with a partner and being married or just combining your lives, it makes me so nervous because of some of these situations. And it's like, I think you really have to, and what I'm learning is that you have to look at who you're with and know who you're with mm -hmm. to see what's going to work. I used to be like, I want the man to pay for everything, but that's not, it doesn't seem like it would be healthy for you to work every day, pay all, unless you really just want to do that. I need to contribute somewhere. And my fear is, what can I contribute? <laughs> this is what the conversation around what me and my boyfriend have been having lately. And it's been a, a healthy conversation because it makes me uncomfortable to talk about. I feel like it makes a lot of people uncomfortable to talk about. And that's why when you see the arguments on Instagram, everybody's mad. But it's like, you don't need to be mad. You need to be, you need to understand what you offer and what you can bring. And it's okay if you don't know or if what you bring isn't a lot. Know who you're with and that might be enough for them. Do you yeah. guys have a clear answer to that question? Like, what do you bring? Um, to a relationship? Pop it. Can't live without this. And so we think people should know in a cool way. Um, long story short, it didn't work out back then, but I'm insanely grateful that I now get to partner with them now. So to all my pescatarian people, the veggie lovers, the meat lovers, the health nuts, you can rejoice because HelloFresh has the right meals just for you with over 40 weekly recipes to choose from. You can even swap proteins and sides to make a recipe just how you like it. So if you prefer it with chicken, prefer it with fish to make it super delish, go ahead. My current rec is the crispy Parmesan chicken, which took us about 30 minutes to cook as a family. And you know, Rye uses a slow cooker. So fun fact, every plate is now owned by HelloFresh. So that means more options for my lovers and friends, depending on your price point and of course your preferences. Speaking of price though, go to hellofresh.com lovers 16. You will get 16 free meals with HelloFresh plus free shipping directly to your door. Pre-proportioned, delicious, 
fresh ingredients to your door. 16 of those for free. All you got to do is go to HelloFresh.com Lovers16 and enter the promo code LOVERS16. Do you yeah. guys have a clear answer to that question? Like, what do you bring? I find that I try to make up in areas that maybe they're not so good at to kind of balance it out. I think that I'm really good at making plans and coming up with ideas, like as far as dates or planning things or really being the one to keep things going and initiating things. I don't always like it, but I am good at that. I'm also good at being like that person that you can always call. I love talking on the phone. You can call me, you can text me, whatever. I'm available. I try to be as available as I possibly can, even if I'm like to my downfall. Sometimes I overextend myself to try and be available because I think it's really important to be there for people, whether they need you there or they just want you there. I like being able to show up for people. And that's something that's important to me. And I try to be encouraging and supportive in whatever way they need me. You know, it's telling of that, too, because, you know, answering that question, like, what do you bring? You didn't bring up finances at all. I'm so afraid to end up with someone where I'm the one who has to carry that burden because I feel like providing the finance, that's the most stressful thing to me. Um, making money, I like making money, but that's a lot of weight. And so I'm willing to contribute in a household. I'm really, it's not like I'm dating a guy and I'm never gonna pay for anything. I'm never gonna send a gift. It's not like that, but the money, don't look don't to me look for to that. Me. That's not what I'm here for. And I do want to hear what my stepdad told my mom. You don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. And in return, I'm going to be like, but you know what? I like doing it and I want to contribute too. So I will. But please don't look to me for that. And that's important <laughs> to note because then it's just like, this is a bonus and this is like a gift. It should never be an expectation. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm going to do it, but it just scares me. I, I see feel that these way about stories. cooking. Oh, and I love to cook. I'm like, this is, if I you do it. You will never be hungry. If I do it, it's a bonus. Mm -hmm. yeah. But don't ever come to me and be like, I have made no plans for a meal. What's yeah. next? Because mm -hmm. sometimes guys will expect you as the woman to always have the food figured out. You need to be cooking and doing all this stuff. And it's like, that's not really my lane. Now, that is my lane. That's something else yeah, that I... Cook, get a cookbook. Yeah. yeah that's but, why I think it's important for people to know who you're and with. And say it. And like, say it. He might be like, I actually don't want you to be paying, but I, I want, want you, you to, to cook. And I'm, it's like, winner, winner, chicken mm -hmm. dinner. We in here. We yeah. can do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wanted to add to Kiki what she brings to the table because what? this is also something I've been working on. I've been asking people in my life, like, what do you think I bring to our relationship? Mm. Friends, family, and my partner. And I think, because you left this out, and I think the world needs to know this. What you about to say? Are you about to be sappy? No, I'm not oh. going to be sappy. It's just an honest situation. Like, Kiki can, t if she dealt with a man who needed help with a business, oh. she would take it and turn it into a empire and so that is that's a big thing to bring to the table because there are a lot of men out here that don't know what the hell they're trying to do with life and they just need i'm not even saying it as a negative thing they need a little guidance yeah. she's a great leader oh, and that's you. important to know mm -hmm. so the next time one of these people in the comments do be like well what you bring to the table leadership yeah. <laughs> that <is a> leadership <laughs> yeah well now you have to answer that question yeah <laughs> Um, okay, so mine won't be a lot of finances either, but what I will say is, <laughs> is if we are married and you really are. Well, you had to answer this question literally because your partner asked you financially, what are you willing to bring? So I do want I you to bake that in there. So, you know, making me sweat. It made me sweat. He was like, hey, I do want to, he's like, let's talk about like building a life together. And if I, he was like, I think that a man should take care of the mortgage. And I think that I should, that the man should take care of the utilities and everything that needs to go on with the house. But what do, as a working woman, Ooh. it's not like you are going to, you don't plan on stopping working and so what that, why why the wolf do you not because like where that? are you going with this working woman like what it if was, i don't want to do this in our life together i know medina wants children mm -hmm. i think she's gonna want to stop working mm -hmm. and, and I, did, I did bring that up because we, we were talking about without kids first and he's like okay. where do you what do you think the woman's money should go towards if you don't have to pay for these bills and i said well i don't mind paying wi-fi so I said, I would, I don't mind putting my money towards Wi-Fi. I don't mind putting my money towards insurances. I don't mind um, putting my money towards groceries and like household needs. Um, and I don't mind, I'm not saying I'm funding all of the trips, but let's say we're, we're planning a trip. I don't mind getting the flights. Um, I think that that, I think that's fair. And that's where money can go. And then if we have something that, happens or an emergency i should be saving my money to have something to put towards so yeah should something happen because i do want you to know i got you, i do have your back he was like okay and i was like is that good enough and it was, <laughs> it was like weird because it was like i never really thought about well, where is your money gonna go it's not like y'all both making if you're both making money and you just get to keep all of your money and trick off on yourself that's not 
fair. It's really not fair. And I wouldn't be okay with that. And I have a brother. And if he told me that he was dating somebody that was doing that, I would be like, bro, you're getting used at this point. And if that's what you want for your relationship, cool. But I think the older I get and the more I think about how relationships affect children, I can't be moving like that anymore. And so it's it's a um, it's an interesting conversation to discuss finances with your partner. Do you yeah. hear a really big difference between the way that you and Kiki are thinking about this, though? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because you're basically a 50-50 partner. Whether or not he's paying the mortgage or not, which is like it might appear to be a more important bill, but like you're still paying things that if you don't pay, mm-hmm. collectors will come after you. Mm-hmm. So he <laughs> but has the to reason rely why on I'm, you. And the reason why I'm like that and I'm realizing this is, is because if I don't put something in, I won't value it. If I don't contribute, I'm not sure I'll value you. Mm. I think I would still value if I didn't put in a dollar. But I also think about it in terms of dating, not this is my husband. Now, in marriage, I do feel like I would ideally we would build a budget around a percentage of what I'm making can go into this joint account where we pay things, pay for bills and things that we share. But yeah, it's not going to be the bigger, it's not going to be 50-50. I'm also okay with, okay, we have to adjust now. It's not the ideal situation, but I love you and I want this to work. So we're going to figure it out. I think a deal breaker would be if I saw somebody stop trying and you're not putting forth any effort and now you're allowing me to carry this burden that you knew from the jump I didn't want to have. And they have to not want that too. Right. They have to be and I want you to everything. be on the same page because I also don't want you to feel like I'm putting a burden on you. I have been lucky enough where nobody that worked out, but I've dated a lot of guys who do have that same mindset. So I know that it's out there. I just need to make sure I'm with a person like that. Mm-hmm. Because when I have dated guys who think like that but aren't able to do that, that is also stressful. And then they feel inadequate. I feel like if a man doesn't feel needed, where is his place? in the relationship. I think that it can create a little bit of dysfunction. And I don't, I know that this, it probably sounds toxic and the people gonna be mad, but that <laughs> I feel like if, if, if I want my man to feel needed. And so, but you know what? I, I agree with you, but being needed isn't always spending money. Yeah, and I, I think it's so impressive, and impressive is the wrong word, like fascinating. Cause I uh, talked with Kevin Samuels before he passed away mm-hmm. and it felt like talking to somebody from, Planet Zeron, <laughs> because his reality was not my reality. And okay. like the things that he was saying that people want are just not what I know. And mm-hmm. even what you guys are talking right now, I'm like, the fact that you like want to not work is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Like you have amazing jobs. Mm-hmm. It's not like you work at a coal mine. Like, why? Yeah, this is cool. But what right. if it's not this? Right. Because this hasn't been all I've ever done. But then you have all these like, you have retreats and then you've got businesses and you've got communities and you, teach and you have books so i i feel like the empire that you're building and you have a multi-stream empire Uh it just seems like why would i ever want to stop that and even if i had kids like i would be damned if i've done all this and built this and just to throw it away because a new role has entered the chat so Mm. i I don't want to stop but i just don't depend on me to do this Because if I do want to stop. yeah because if i do want to stop and i want you to be like well now wait a minute we never talked about this Oh, we're talking about it because one day I could change my mind and I want you to be okay with that. Sometimes people forget to think about family culture. I'm someone who is big on family, is family oriented. Mama's popping up at the house. I'm okay with that. Your sister needs to stay. I'm cool with that. I'm a family oriented person to a T. I can't be with somebody that's not like that. It's like, I don't want your mom here all the time or I don't want, we need to talk about things like this. Cause it's like, now if we do get together, we get married. Now we arguing about you t- said my about sister can't people. come over. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's interesting that people will get into serious relationships and not know each other. What is we doing? Well, people don't know themselves. Well, that's mm-hmm. a big part. I think that's a massive key is that like it's difficult to ask the right questions of somebody else when you don't even have the answers to begin with because you're afraid to look mm-hmm. like that. I think it's a really good case study of your partner asking me, your partner asking you, like, what are you willing to provide financially? And that mm-hmm. might be the first time that you had to think like, well, shit, like, what am I willing to give mm-hmm. and be accountable for? Yeah, I got hot and sweaty and my, I had upper <laughs> lips. So I'll call my mama and I call my sister. I was like, what y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> what y'all paying for? Like, I always thought I was going to live the bad bitch life. <laughs> I got to pay Wi-Fi bills. <laughs> but 
no, I was happy that he did bring that because there's just so many walls being broken down. Even though they're uncomfortable, I I love it. And the person that I want to do life with, even if it ends up not being him, I'm becoming more confident in myself and getting to know me and just all of those things. It feels really good, uncomfortable, but really good to be myself. You're getting to know Medina mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's great. And it feels like you're getting to know you, too. Like, you're yeah. discovering in the last relationship, you were like, this feels like a good partnership. Mm -hmm. Before I even think to ask, it's at my doorstep. Mm -hmm. But then you learn that that's not actually what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And then in comes this relationship that's now asking you of things. And even though it's shocking, it actually probably is in line with ultimately you do want in a partnership. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It is. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, relationships. A lot of work. I never really understood when people were like, relationships are work. And that's because I was never doing the work. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like you thought you was doing yeah. something. Y'all laid up, pillow talking and having protected sex. Stuff. Yeah, that's not the work that people is talking about. They mm -hmm. are talking about uncomfortable, a little bit of heartache. And it's rough getting to know someone who grew up with a totally different background from you. And y'all trying to combine them. Relationships take a lot of work, but the bulk of that work is independent. Mm -hmm. And if you have to work really, really hard to make that thing work and you're working really, really hard on yourself, mm -hmm. that's where it becomes too overwhelming. Have you ever run into moments where it's like Jared is like, shut up. You don't know everything. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And then what do you say? Like, actually, I'm an expert. Well, you know, what? I think like what we do is such a gift in that we're always learning from new people. Mm -hmm. So I'm always learning from him too. And I'm always finding out that I, like I'm always learning like, Oh, I didn't think I would feel this way. And I do. So I think I've gotten a lot better. And I think even motherhood really humbled me in that way of being like, instead of trying to be the expert who knows everything, be the student who wants to learn everything. Mm -hmm. And really what's the difference, right? Yeah. Like each person is devoted to acquiring as much information as possible about this particular thing. Mm -hmm. And the student who wants to learn everything is gaining a lot of expertise, mm -hmm. but they're not putting the pressure on themselves to always have the answers. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of just the flip for me. Um, but I, I think in general, he's better at conflict resolution than I am. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their strengths. You guys are giving glam. Are you committing <laughs> to like bringing beauty to your relationships is like you know if your partner is providing finances uh -huh. are you like i'm keeping up this look i'm keeping up myself my hair will be done my toes will be done like uh -huh. you guys are giving glam is that what you immediately yeah. know oh, oh no, no not for me and my boyfriend now knows that i'm not about to be walking around the house looking like this i don't even want to like i mean <laughs> it's fun but it's i'm not one of those girls where it's like you're gonna when you come home i'm gonna be like no, I'd be looking ugly in the house and I enjoy looking ugly. I talk about this all the time on yeah. our show. I love looking ugly. Love it. I'm taking this makeup off, hair looking wild, granny <laughs> panties. What? <laughs> and see, I walk around the house like Mariah Carey. I will have on like some fuzzy pumps and like this long dramatic robe or I'm dressed up. And I like doing that. I do it alone. So I don't really see that changing. Um, I do want to be able to be comfortable to, as Medina likes to say, be ugly around <laughs> you. I don't want you to feel like I'm always in this mask. I'm always done up and I can never just breathe but i like it i enjoy doing the thing so yeah i'm gonna keep it up because that's just who i am and i love that i, th I think yeah. it's a big part of it like i had a partner um, a past partner who they did want that uh -huh. like they wanted somebody who was done up all the time i am going to stay in shape and i am going to eat healthy mm -hmm. and i am not going to drink excessively because i like aging gracefully matters to me all those things matter to me so i'm making certain decisions on that end but i'm <laughs> You're going to be ugly. I'm going to be ugly. <laughs> and I love that. You know what I mean? And I actually want somebody who's like, wow, like she can really turn it up when she wants to. Mm -hmm. And I want them to admire that about me versus resent that about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my past partner like would get really frustrated by the fact that I wasn't that person. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I would get mad about it. But then I'm like, why am I getting mad? They just want something that I'm not. And will just give. And not yeah. willing to give. Mm-hmm. And that's why the conversations are so important. There's so many, there's somebody right now sitting on a date with somebody you know you don't want to even be sitting here with, and y'all have known mm. each other for a year at this point. You're yeah. still talking about him in your group chat. Just let it go. It's not it. It's okay. And it's okay it, to start over and move on. Even if you're old, it's all right. Yeah, I'm old. And I start over all the time. <laughs> you guys have a podcast where you women write in all the time. So you yeah. like know the intimate details, beyond intimate details. We read some of them, they were amazing. Uh, people's lives. Do you think that most women are aware of what they bring to the table? I don't. No. I don't. And I think I think that's what 
causes the you're getting frustrated and now you're arguing and pointing fingers on Instagram. I think because it's like a fear. It's a fear that a lot of people don't want to talk about. You don't talk about finances a lot with anybody for real. Everybody gets uncomfortable. I think that you to talk you either don't know what you bring to the table or what you bring to the table you feel like isn't enough. Yeah, and I think even outside of just bringing finances, I think that people have these arguments online because they're so busy trying to fit into this model of what the internet or what your mm -hmm. parents or society is telling you, this is how it should go. When instead you need to think about what you actually are comfortable with giving, not something that you'll do because the internet told you you should be cooking and cleaning and having dinner ready by 6.30 when your man comes home. You don't like to do it. Tell him you don't like to do it. but And then figure out what you can do instead. Yeah, what you can do instead, because I do agree with people who think like, you know, it's not just you're not a princess. You don't just get to sit here and your man is your manservant. That's not how I don't think it should go for anybody. People should be able to give and take in every relationship. So what are you going to give? If it's not the traditional things or it's not what the Internet says, ask your partner, what do you need? What do you want from me? Mm -hmm. And that's OK, because you might be giving something and feeling like you're doing a great job. And they're like, I don't even want this from you. I don't need this from you. I don't want this from you. What I want is this. And these are other areas where you could improve. This relationship expert said, write down a list of everything that you want in a partner and then become that list. Agree hmm. or disagree? Become the list of what you want. I disagree because I, I think that's a recipe <laughs> to be alone. <laughs> it is because that's how that's how the independent woman is. I.e. me. Like it, you try to do the things. You try to do the things that you want from somebody else. But then when somebody else is trying to give it, it's like, I got it. I don't mm -hmm. think you necessarily have to do that. Maybe in terms of how you treat people um, and how you communicate and certain things like that. There's certain things that you should do, but I don't know about everything. What do you think? Um, yeah, I don't think. I think make your list of what you want in your mate. Really think about it and pay attention to these ashy sons that you're dating. And when, they <laughs> real, when you realize that someone says something that like sparks interest in you like I that sits with like the value that I want in my life one thing that my boyfriend had said before he was my boyfriend was like we were just getting to know each other he was like I started saving for like my unborn children when I was in college that That's started very responsible think I started thinking about him totally different already I was like I love that you were already thinking because I think about apple and olive all the time those are my kids but I don't have them yet yeah and like <laughs> and I was just like oh my gosh I'll be thinking about apple and olive like he already started saving money for them like <laughs> this is amazing to me like he's thinking about family and life and future and I, that was just it was like ding, 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 ding. I never have been on a date or even in a relationship with a man that was saving money for the kids they do got well, that's the thing too. Like that's the whole point of partnership, right? It's to get together with somebody who can expand you in mm -hmm. ways that wouldn't be possible on your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if you already are all those things, then it's like, well, are we limiting ourselves? Because I can't be all things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be people out there who have the strengths that I don't. Mm -hmm. Should I not be with that person instead, rather than like double mint twinning with the person who like we even when it comes to treating other people like. Mm -hmm. I, um, my partner is like a lot better than me at remembering special occasions. Mm -hmm. He's a lot better at, he loves like Christmas and he loves those things. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. like, and so the fact that he remembers someone's birthday is good for our dynamic because we have somebody in the partnership who's taking care of that. Mm -hmm. to You're make making us unit. both look good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you have what I don't and I want what you have mm -hmm. and I have what you don't and you want what I have. Mm -hmm. And that's why it works. And together mm -hmm. we're whole. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's it's a it's a beautiful thing. That's what I was saying earlier. It's like I'm not organized. And I'm not going to be. I don't aspire to be. And so my <laughs> I need my partner to be like he I'll got Yeah, he got OCD and I love it. So equal doesn't mean the same. Right. right. And I don't Just see something how... to make both of you feel good. Like both people should be in this relationship happy with what they're giving and taking from the other person instead of feeling like I feel like I give everything and I'm not getting anything back. That's when it's unequal. Mm. -hmm. And I, it's weird for people to be like, and you, you, we both need to have A. Does your mama have A? Does your daddy have A? Like, you, sometimes I look at just other relationships in my life and I'm like, okay, let's, let's calm down real quick. We're all kind of like over vetting and taking everything to this extreme that you need to calm down. What are some areas you guys have lowered your standards? Height. <laughs> Height. I, I really like tall guys, but... Every year on my birthday, it goes down like a quarter inch um, there. And then also... What's the height minimum now? I'm down to 5'11". And I hope it You're 5'3". So what? With what? my heels on, 
I could be anywhere from like five seven to five nine. But I just like I like the five eleven. I should have five eleven and up. <laughs> yeah, like that's. I mean, but I also feel like taller women like yourself. You usually don't. We care. don't have a lot to go. No, we do care. Oh, stop dipping in our pool. <laughs> Because I am swimming it. I'm doing laps. Like, hey, boys. How you doing? I like the taller guys. I just like the feeling of I like the look. When the men are more compact, so that's just not always so my vibe. 5'11 is where it's at now. It's where it's at now. At one point. Oh, she was a six-footer only. Well, it was five, six foot. Yeah, that's still ideal. But I wanted somebody 6'3". I think that would be the perfect height because that's a foot taller than me. But it's just lower and lower and lower. Um, another area, cause that one's not that important, but another thing is having somebody who is, who has life more figured out than me. I really wanted somebody to be that. And as I've gotten older, it's like, why do I want that? I think it's just something that I was taught. Like, this is the role of the man. This is the role of the woman. And just because they don't have it figured out, they can have some things figured out. And it's okay. Maybe us being together, I can help them figure out some things and to where they're not. Point, that's your strength. Yeah. And maybe I can be okay with that. That's still a struggle. But I, I think I'm coming down on that requirement. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I forgot the question. Where, you where have you lowered your standards? Yeah. Oh, so I really have a thing for teeth. And I realized that everybody wasn't like their parents didn't give them the gift of braces. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I am a, if you have a nice smile, nice teeth, you, I can tell you have great dental hygiene. That is, I love that. And there are moments where the man has everything else, but he missing okay. that side tooth. And I've been on a few of those side, non side tooth dates and, uh, I don't want to do it again. So you didn't what? lower you the didn't standard. Lower standard. Oh. Did you miss well, the question? I, gave it, I thought that's Laura. I went on the date. No. no. You have well, to like accept you them. It and you accept it You accepted now. them. Now you lowered it and then raised it right back up. <laughs> oh. Right. Like, mm -mm, I was right. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, we lowered it and we got in a relationship. Uh, the kid thing. Like, having kids. And I was always like, I'm not going to date. I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody who has kids. Mm -hmm. I just never wanted that. I just didn't. And my ex-boyfriend, who I was with for eight years, he had a lot of kids. A lot? Yeah. Oh, you really lowered it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of kids. And I was just, it was a lot for me. And I really was trying. And But it just it solidified that I don't need to date somebody with kids. <laughs> so it's right back up again. It's yeah. <laughs> You're doing terrible you this game. Learn your You're doing bad at this game. Yeah. So bad. I try and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm gonna try. It was eight years. Yeah. And it was eight years of confirming. You said you said you didn't want this, and look at you. So the true story is she's not lowering standards. Ever yeah. again, no. Um, I, I don't want to let dudes off with this one before we go. Do you think that men are aware of what they bring to the table? Immediately. I think men are raised to depending on, I don't know what type of men y'all dealing with, but I will say a lot of the men that I have dealt, they are very aware and ready for a question like that on what they can bring to the table financially. Now, when we get into emotions and inner work, can you, how do you work through conflict? Like just all of those things. I think that's the part where men struggle with bringing to the table. Like it's not, let's take the money away. Let's take all the money away. What else we bring in? Mm -hmm. I think men are very aware of what they bring. And unfortunately I think some of them think that money is the only thing that they really have to bring and everything else should come from us. And we're the ones who are supposed to do everything else. Um, but I think that in talking to different men I've dated and even guy friends, um, when I'm talking to them about these questions and like, do you see yourself getting married? How are you in relationships? Just general conversation about love and coming together with somebody. A lot of them feel like they know what they bring to the table and they want to bring more. And so they're very like, I don't want to commit to anything because I feel like it's not enough. And I want to wait until I get to that point. But I'm like, are you ever going to get there? I don't know. You might be selling yourself short. And maybe you need some help to be able to bring those things out. And that's why you don't have them. But I think that they're aware. I think most dudes don't know that they suck in bed or they have small dicks. Oh, well, that part. <laughs> anything about sex. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's big. And it's like, oh, everybody else told you it's big. We lie a lot during sex. Yes. And we try to tell the women, stop doing that. We're doing the whole community of women a disservice. By doing that, yeah, they're, they're not aware. Or they think that they can do the same moves over and over and over again, and it's going to get me there. And it's not. It's redundant, and I'm tired of being here, passing my toy out of the drawer. I'll do it myself. <laughs> if people don't know what they bring to the table, what should they do next? How do they figure that out? How did you guys figure it out? 
Mm-hmm. You already answered that question. You said you started asking family members and you always tune in people, but like, what do you think I bring to you? Mm-hmm. Am um, I doing enough? Like, am I just, are you satisfied with this? I have asked, um, what do you want? Like, what do you want me to do? Um, and then I've talked to my family members and I've, I've asked them, like, how do you think things should go? Or what are you bringing in your relationship? And even friends who I trust to tell me the truth that I also feel like are good at relationships and dating and everything. And then even with partners, it's like, what is it that I do for you that you appreciate? Um, Not even just what I do for you, but the things I do, what do you actually like? I think another thing to look at is like, what is something that's a common complaint that people have had about you? Or what is a, I think about certain like, friendship breakups or um, just like negative experiences where I tried not to see my part in it. And was there any truth to what they're saying? And most of the time there is like, it's hard to admit that. But um, like I just said, I'm not organized. That's a problem for some people. (laughs) And you need to learn how to be organized in certain settings. And so I think looking at the, the, your, whoever has critiqued you in the meanest way and try to see if there's any truth in it. To get you some more Kiki and Medina, I actually guessed it on their podcast as well. So to listen to that episode, go and follow them wherever you get your podcast. And on Instagram, go and follow them directly. I will put all of those links right in the show notes for your convenience. And as I promised, I still have Kiki's cocktail for you. Before that, I promised you at the top of the show, a conversation with the matchmaking duo, Kelly Fisher and Tana Gilmore. They consider themselves the heart hunters of Atlanta. And you might recognize these ladies from the Bravo TV show, Love Match Atlanta, where they celebrate the business of black love and hustle to maintain high profile singles. Now, Krizia, our producer here on Lovers and Friends, conducted this interview because as a single girly herself, she wanted to know what are people getting wrong when it comes to matchmaking? I really loved listening to Kiki and Medina's conversation. I've said on this podcast many times that I am actively and intentionally welcoming love from a partner into my life this year. So there were a lot of moments where I was reflecting on what I bring to the table and also what I want a man to bring to the table. I'm not referring to just financially how he can contribute, but also how can he add to the richness and fullness of my existing life as a single woman and how can we collaborate to create a better life together? So I'm so excited that I get to sit down with Kelly and Tana. So thank you so much, ladies, for joining us. Yeah, so um, Tana and I are certified life and relationship coaches and we're also professional matchmakers. So we're celebrating our 10th year um, in business and really connecting successful singles who have had a lot of success in their business, but just have not been able to get it right in their personal life. So relationships, you know, whether they're dating a serial first daters or they're socially awkward or they just can't get out to meet someone, we are the ones who kind of heart hunts on their behalf and help them find love. And listening to this conversation, what did you hear? Yeah, you know, it was interesting because they, they led with um, financial shit. You know, which is which is a, a hot topic in like relationships when it comes to, you know, should a man um, support you or, you know, what res- financial responsibilities should, you know, you expect and, and should you have this conversation like early on in the relationship? And so, it you know, it triggers so many different things, said so many different thoughts about it, because, again, this is what we do every day. But most of our women, all of our women, I should say, are boss women. I mean, they are progressive. They're affluent. They are um, they're women that are they're surgeons or politicians or celebrities. Those are the women that we serve. So it's almost like, hmm, what do you do for a woman that has it all? So it was very interesting because, you know, that conversation was more about, you know, what I expect for you to do in this relationship for me. But these women don't expect that because they already have it. So, again, what does he bring if he's not bringing finances? So that's where I kind of went with it. Do you think women are actually aware of what they bring to the table? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, you know, and no, and no, and nor. Um, I'll just be honest. I think men too. Sometimes it's just like, okay, I was born man, so you know, just take me as I am. Come on, like we all have to take time to fi- you know figure out what we're bringing. And I think one of the things that is an issue is if you don't think about what you're bringing to the table, it can go left really quickly. Like you want, and even from a matchmaker's standpoint, 
you talk about these men who have all types of money and they can provide what they're looking for. They're looking for someone who's active and fit. They're looking for someone who's health conscious and they want someone who has the time to devote to their life to support them. So to keep that in mind, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when men, um, they when we talk to them and we do every week, we interview men like all week long um, as we're interviewing them for our clients. Um, they're sitting across from you. They'll know what within seven to eight minutes if they're going to ask you on a date again. So what they're thinking is, you know, can I can I kiss her? Can I have sex with her? Can I have fun with her? Will she fit in with my family? Um, will she fit in with my friends? Does she integrate herself into my world? Will she fit in? They know that within the first eight minutes. So they're so if you don't bring it in today's pulse and culture and dating, if you don't bring it within eight minutes, you can cancel Christmas because it's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen. You, so, you know, now these women are like, oh, I'm going to just sit back and I'm going to smile and I'm going to just, you know, he's going to know that I like him and all that. Girl, you don't have that type of time. You better come come in the door with it. That's what we need you to do in order for you to secure that second date on date one. Can you break that down a little bit for me? What do you mean by that? Whatever you, we always say, whatever you are thinking in your head, he needs to know. Like, you should never leave there and call your girlfriend like, girl, he smells so good. He was so killed he was this and that and all of this and he has no idea that you felt that way and that's where we come in because a lot of times at the end of the day we do pre and post date pause with our clients and we'll ask him how do you think the date went and he'll say well you know i mean it was just all right and she was like oh it went great you know no it didn't it didn't because he has no idea that you thought he was amazing that he was intelligent his conversation was on point that he smelled great like your smile he had no idea because you didn't tell him anything. So I say, you know, go in and let him know how you feel. Whatever it is that you're thinking that you're going to hang up and call your girlfriend on the car on the car ride home. He should know that before you leave. Yeah. And also when you talk about, you know, coming with it, just know your experience needs to be memorable because every person that he's dating and vice versa, like the pulse of dating is so fast. Now you can have a date tomorrow at seven o'clock. You know, you can have a date. You can X that person and be on to the next. So if your experience is not memorable, memorable, if you think about it, everybody now likes to go out to eat. Everybody likes to, you know, music, everybody likes traveling. So what about you is different. So you want your experience to be memorable. If it's not, then, you know, that's something that is really not sticking. So you want your experience to stick for sure. Ayanla Vanzant was talking to Ebony K. Williams and Ayanla asked Ebony if she would date a bus driver, to which she responded that she would only date him if he owned the bus. What are your thoughts on this? You know, that's that's such a touchy and sticky conversation that we've been having all week, <laughs> all week long, right? So here's the thing. If that's Ebony's preference, that's her preference. That's how I feel. You know, that's her preference because she set a that she set a certain expectation and standard for her life. It doesn't make it right or wrong. However, in our business, you know, and even in my in our, my inner circle, you know, I encourage, you know, women to think about integrity, morals, value, credibility. I mean, think like if, as if you were reading, right? So other cultures think in terms of reading. They don't think in terms of, you know, he has to look like this and do this and he has to have this. They think in terms of, what is the end goal for my life? What does the quality of life look like for me? Can I take him to a holiday party at my corporate office? And can I lead him in the corner to have a conversation and not embarrass me? Well, you know, until it gets time for a on a five-star vacation and his money won't provide for it, that's when it's no longer fun. Then right? you don't want just a good man. So let's be clear. If you want a good man, just know the lifestyle and that maybe you have to put more of the bill. And that's what it is. So... But if you know in your heart that it's not going to work, and again, you're not going to respect him, your friends aren't going to respect him, your family's not going to respect him, and eventually it's not going to. So just be open and honest. And then, again, like I said earlier, put value on the other things that he brings to the table. You know, showing up for you consistently every single time, coming over, fixing things, taking your trash, whatever it is that he brings. That's his That's his role. He needs to know that. Yeah. And also, I mean, this is a, a loving conversation, like just between us. But sis, just know you may not be bringing everything either. And I had to come to grips with this myself as a woman, because I think our families are always like, oh, you're the princess. You're this. No, in some areas, you are not bringing everything either. So please know that, 
you know, we have to give each other grace. And I think a lot of times our family, our friends are just like, oh, girl, you are all that. Yes, you are all that. But in some areas, you know, maybe you're not dropping it like it's hot. Maybe you are not supportive. Maybe you're not, you know, talking as much or giving him as much encouragement. You know, maybe you don't have any time in your schedule. So just know that in some areas, he may have to give you some grace too. (laughs) When understanding and communicating our worth to a potential partner, how can we make sure that we come from a place of empowerment instead of bitterness? Yeah. So coming from an empowered place and coming from a bitter place and coming from a place of confidence, I think we have all that mixed up at this point because you can be empowered and know that you are beautiful. And I um, support that. So know that you're beautiful, know that you are, you know, articulate, that you're loving and all of that stuff. But none of us are bringing everything to everyone. And that includes you. That includes me. So we have to really just take a step back and not have so much pressure on even on a date. Like, oh, did he do this? Did he do that? He has to do a whole song and dance. But know that he's looking at you, too, on that date to say, oh, was she interesting? Did she make me laugh? You know, was she memorable? So let's just, you know, dial it back. And sometimes you can be talking about an old relationship. And that is not attractive either. So when you talk about being bitter and being empowered, is she at a a point where she is happy with her life, where she's coming in, bringing the sunshine? So if you know all those things, and it can't be that everything is perfect anyway. So there's some area in your life that, you know, needs some tweaking and it's going to be a lifelong journey just as his. So when we talk about, you know, giving each other grace, that is really what we want to take some time to to think about, not just on his part, but on our part as well. I agree. I agree completely. It's crazy. We had we had this conversation with somebody um, that one of our girlfriends were, Kelly and I were talking to a girlfriend and she was pumping her up girl you are better than Beyonce I was like stop it you are not like you are not like stop telling people that that's not true the fact is she's not she's not as pretty as Beyonce her body's not as as as, as you know as proportioned as Beyonce you know no, no stop doing that to your friends because it's not the truth be realistic about what it is that we are so we can walk in the beauty that that lies within us that's what it is like yeah. stop doing that we're doing each other a disservice by not just saying, you know, you know, you are this, but don't compare you to uh, don't have unrealistic expectations about what it is you can command because you can't. Let's just be clear. <laughs> we we have to see every day. We have the conversations with the men like here. What do you think about this one? They're like, nah, no. Mm-mm. So we have to even that's why our coaching comes in, because we want to be able to have our women to be empowered and confident and showing up with what they do well. That helps us as matchmakers. So whatever you do well, amp that up. Like a hundred. Lead with that. We coach them to lead with that. Identify what it is that you are like your experience. You, we call it your dating USP, your unique selling proposition. Lead with that, and that's your showcase. Krizia, thank you for doing that interview. Follow Krizia, the producer of Lovers and Friends podcast. If you have questions about the show or want to pitch yourself, she's the best person to follow. It is at Krizia Cruz. I'll be in the show notes. Also, that's where you find the links to Kelly and Tana's Instagram at the matchmaking duo or at Love Pro University. Now we still have that cocktail with Kiki, but right now I want to give you your conversation starter pack. What are you enthusiastically bringing to romantic relationships today? Not what you brought, not what you might bring. What do you know you can bring today? Now, what are you interested in getting better at bringing for the future? What do you know that you can't, and let's be honest, probably will not be bringing to relationships? How do you want your romantic partner to respond to you when you are not meeting their standards in a particular area? And how do you plan to respond when someone inevitably doesn't meet all of your standards? And speaking of which, which standards are your deal breakers? And which, considering your answers to the top questions I just asked, can you stand to do a little bending on? But I'm not saying to get rid of your list altogether. I'm just saying to first consider what you're willing to bring to the table. Next, consider how you want to feel at that table. And then think about the invitation list. Who do you want to invite? And maybe flipping that order might drastically change things. Those of you who have stayed, congratulations. You are about to hear Kiki's Ho Trip cocktail. And this is going to close out the episode. I'll talk to you all next week. One time I went on a trip 
let's see. Um, I went on a trip to Texas, and um, this was a time where I didn't I didn't have a reason to go. I was just going. I have friends there. I have family there. I was like, I'm just gonna kick it and have a good time. And while I was there, I ended up hanging out with a guy. And I love to tell this story because this was um, this was my favorite threesome story. And um, we had a situationship that is strictly sex. Like we were fuck buddies and it was always fun. And so I I think I forgot to let him know I was going to be in town. And I posted something like on my story. So he saw it and it's kind of like we speak in emojis sometimes. He might send a tongue emoji. I might send the water emoji. You know, we go back and forth. So Girl's own little language. Yeah. So <laughs> I had told him a long time ago that I wanted to have a threesome with him. And he said, okay, do you want to find the other person? Or do you have another person? Do you want me to? And I was like, I want you to because I really don't want to do any work. Anyway, has this girl who he also is a fuck buddy of his too. And so he texted me. He was like, I have a friend in town and she wants to meet you. So I was like, okay, well, I'm out with my girlfriends right now. I'll meet up with you later. And so then later that night, I get a video sent to me and she's literally sucking his dick. And then she looks up at the camera and was like, Kiara, where you at? And I was like, okay, girls, I'm calling my list. I got to go. And when I got there, like they were already naked. She makes me a drink. We chit chat for a little while. And then we had like sex all night and all morning. And it was really wild because she's actually married and her husband was in prison. And so at some point during the episode on somebody's show. Right. And it was just like the most surreal experience. So she in the middle of sex, she was like, hang on. Do y'all mind if I record it? I didn't know she meant a video or the audio or whatever, but I like that. So I was like, sure. So she only did like a voice note. So I asked her about it later and she said, oh, my husband is in prison and he just likes to hear me fucking sometimes. And so she played it for him and it was great. And yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I do. Yeah. In a way for them. And it was just nice. And we all cuddled in the bed together. She made breakfast and left and that was a good weekend. Lovers and friends, uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end.